0: Good morning, church. Good morning. My name is Jeremy Hetzel. I'm the director of student ministries here at Family of Christ. Thanks for being here today. So I wanted to take some time to review where we've been the last couple weeks as we've explored what it means to love one another. So week one, we introduced the idea of spending quiet time with Jesus and that when we spend time with him, He pours his love into us, that through that, we are able to love others because it overflows out of us. Week two, Steve Johnson was up here and was sharing about forgiveness, how it seems to be easy but it's really hard and that when we don't forgive, love doesn't pour out of us, but hatred and anger and it's dirty and it's messy. Week three was Reformation Sunday and we spoke about Luther and how he spoke truth. We shared that video of the bullying happening at Burger King. And then last week, we showed the video of the little boy who said, oh, "I didn't spill the I didn't spill the sprinkles. It was not me." And we talked about the importance of confession and how confession brings healing. So today, we're going to dig more into what does it mean or what does it look like for our love to be more tangible? All of those ways are ways to love one another, but there's ways that are much more obvious to see. And today we'll be talking about what it means to serve one another. So tonight, we are um, holding an event we use, we hold in student ministry every year called Operation Christmas Child. And so students, if you are seventh through 12th grade, please come tonight Bring $10 with you, not my $10, your $10, and we will transport you with parents and mentors over to Walmart, buy supplies, and you'll come back to church and you'll pack a shoebox. And that's what the video that we just watched is all about. How many of you in here have ever packed a shoebox for Operation Christmas Child? Awesome. You're more than welcome to join us tonight. I do not think I have enough boxes for everyone. So if you want to come, feel free, bring your own money and bring your own shoebox. If you are a student, I will have a shoebox for you. I'd like you to take a second and with those around you, share a time that you served that was meaningful to you. All right, let's hear some answers. What are some ways that you guys have served that's been meaningful for you? Reading. Reading? Oh, reading at the eight o'clock. I was like, reading just serves you, Michael. (laughs) Reading at eight o'clock worship. Got it. Springs Rescue Mission. Thanksgiving dinner. dinner. That's awesome. Others? Hosting Hosting what? Hosting Bible study at your house? Mission trips, preach. That sounds awesome. I didn't hear most of what you said, Lisa. CJ. Steven ministry. Steven ministry. Al. Awesome. So there's obviously a lot of different ways that we can serve and like to serve. My next question is this. Who do you tend to serve more often, yourself or others? Go. You may have been a little bit quicker to that answer, so if you think you serve yourself more, raise your hand. If you think you serve others more, raise your hand. There's about eight of us. Um, I think this question is hard, because we see our own lives, and we see how often we serve ourselves, which is plenty, but then we also know that we're called to serve others, and we see times that we do serve, right? I think it's sometimes hard to figure out what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it. Case in point, this morning I'm driving here to church. I leave my house about 6.30 and I'm on my way in and I'm driving on Dublin. It's about 27 degrees out, so it's pretty cold. Driving on Dublin and I'm getting close to Academy and I kind of round a corner and I see a young lady, I think she's probably in her 20s, I don't know. She does not have a warm jacket on. She's kind of standing outside and she takes a couple steps toward the curb as I'm approaching and she does this. I am not used to seeing people try to hitchhike on Dublin. (laughs) So there's lots of thoughts that are running through my brain. What should I do? I'm, I'm on my way to go preach a sermon on serving. <laughs> um, I don't have time though, because I, I need to spend some time prepping for the sermon because I'm, I'm here to serve y'all, so I gotta make sure that I can preach well, so I don't really have time. Plus, she might have a gun. Like, she might. It could be a ploy to get all the money that I don't have. (laughs) So, all this stuff's running through my brain. What am I supposed to do? So I get five, six minutes down the road, and at at that point, it's too late to turn around. Like, I gotta get here to church. So I'm praying, and I'm thinking, and I'm trying to process. I'm also thinking, it'd be kind of weird having a lady I don't know in my car. What if Susan saw? (laughs) Well, but she's at home you know just all the thoughts that just run through your brain? So I'm trying to figure out what should I do. So I remember that I have prayed, Lord, I want to be obedient to you regardless of what you tell me to do. Even if it doesn't make sense, I want to be obedient. Lord, are you telling me to go pick up this girl? But Lord, she might want to go south. I gotta go north. Like it just, I had all these reasons. I'm closing in on getting on I-25. And the thought pops into my head, What about the Good Samaritan? What did the Good Samaritan do? The Good Samaritan stopped. It's not like he wasn't busy. I'm sure he had stuff going on. But who passed by? The religious leaders passed on by. (sighs) All right, Lord, turn it around. Maybe that's why I came in early. So I... I was on the highway, so I got off Briargate, came back around, drove all the way back, drove past Dublin, and she was gone. So I think she was going to rob me, (laughs) and God protected me. Praise Jesus. (laughs) But this is the point I want us to remember. It's hard to figure out how and when to serve, because most of the time when we serve, we only want to do it when it fits our schedule, or fits what's going on, and we do not want to mess with stuff that doesn't fit. And most of the time, because we're serving ourselves, most stuff doesn't fit. And we can find ways to justify when we don't serve, well, I got to preach, I got to get to church. I got to go do this, I got to go do that. We have all these reasons. I think God is calling us to slow down, carve out time so we can be present and serve when he presents the opportunities to us. Scripture says this. We're gonna to go to Galatians chapter five. Galatians five, 13 and 14. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in one single command, love your neighbor as yourself. Why do we tend not to serve? Because we choose to follow our sinful nature. It's not easy for us. It's not comfortable for us. Serving ourselves is easy. God calls us to get outside the box and serve others in love. So our text for today is from Mark chapter 10. And in it you will see a very clear story of ways that we often tend to serve ourselves and instead how God calls us to live. Mark 10, starting at verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now that's pretty bold. You're like dude that does all these miracles and teaches great stuff. I have a request. Don't, just say yes. Then I'll tell you what it is. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Verse 37, they replied, "Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Uh, God, when you're just like, when you just when you've made it big time, when everyone recognizes that you're who you say you are, and everyone's like, whoa, and you're you got all that power and glory, we want to sit next to you. You see the pride coming through. Do you see the self-serving coming through? The the me me me. This is all about me and what I want. Verse thirty-eight. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? You didn't know that you could use baptized in three times in one sentence, did you? So let's think about that for a second. Jesus said, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? What does that mean? Does it mean he had this like water jug right here and he was like, can you drink out of this? No. Think about when he was in the garden. What did he say? Father, take this cup from me, but not as I want, but as you do. What you desire, what your will is. He's talking about his death. Can you drink the cup I drink? And then he says, or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. People much smarter than me have researched this. And they believe, and if you look in your study notes, this is what it says, that it's a parallel, it's a reminder, it's an image of suffering. He was going to be immersed in suffering. So Jesus is saying, can you die my death? Can you suffer like I'm about to? Now, I'm not sure if the disciples understood this. Jesus said, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Well, they're eager to go a hard road. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink. You will die a horrible death like me. And you'll be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. You will suffer much. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the other 10 disciples heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Why are they mad? They thought of it first. We wanted to sit there. They're all thinking the same thing. Me, 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 serve me. I want glory. I want power. I want to look good. but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In this discussion, who is the one person in the room who deserves to be served? Jesus. He's the only one there who could have said, bow to me, paint that wall red, get me a margarita. (laughs) I mean, he could have said whatever he wanted to, and they should have served him. But what did he do? He said, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Jesus is teaching that to serve, we've got to die to ourselves. We cannot keep ourselves first. And there's a lot of times where it's really easy to keep ourselves first and to serve others and to justify ourselves because we have a lot going on. We have a lot of things that we need to do and and loving things to do. How many of us have kids? Parents, do we serve our kids all the time? We do, kids, remember that. We serve you all the time. It's what God has called us to do. But that does not negate that we don't have to serve our neighbors or our brothers and sisters. Sometimes we can become so consumed with our own family that we don't see anything else going on. We are called to serve and love and die to self, which means we do not put ourselves first. One of the reasons this is hard, putting others first, is that we are living sacrifices. And you know what happens with living sacrifices? They're always trying to crawl off the altar. That's what we do. We're always trying to crawl off the altar. We might say, all right, God, use me. And then he starts to bring down the knife and he's going to bring pain or he's going to bring some stuff that we need to remember or we need to serve in and we go, whoo, my kid's calling. God calls us to die to ourself And take on whatever he calls us to do, no matter how painful, to serve him and to serve those around us. Jesus gives a great example of this in John chapter 13. Now, I could have put all of the scripture that I'm going to read on the screen, but honestly, my hand got tired of copying and pasting. And I'm sorry, I did not serve you. So, if you have your Bibles, or if you have smartphones, look up John 13. We're gonna start at verse one. If you do not have either of those things, close your eyes, do not fall asleep, and listen. Verse one, it was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus took on the job that was the lowest of the low. He served the sinners that were around him what was Judas about to do? Judas was about to betray him. Did Jesus wash Judas' feet? He did. Now he could have just said, ah, skipping you, you punk, and moved right on. But he didn't. He served even someone who was about to treat him horribly what excuse do we have to not take on the lowly jobs? To serve the people that we go, oh, they don't need it. They, they put themselves in their, that position on their own. God, you definitely can't be calling me to pick up that hitchhiker. And maybe he wasn't, right? Because I'm still alive. But here's what I want us to remember. Jesus served people who didn't deserve it. We are called to do the same. Verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Jesus calls us to follow his example take on the lowly jobs, the disgusting jobs, the jobs that we think are below us or they don't deserve. God calls us to serve in surprising ways. And what he calls us to do is put down our pride and get out of our comfort zone and make some space to serve. I want to take a little bit of time to process different ways that we can serve because I want the end of this to be a reminder and an inspiration that God can use you and wants to use you in mighty ways. And first off, we have to remember to make room for him. We have got to have quiet time with him where he is pouring himself into us, where he is changing our heart and our mind, where we are being renewed so that we will recognize the opportunities when they come. And then second, we need to obey. And we need to serve. So let's talk about some different ways that you can serve in our community, here at church, et cetera. So last month, we had our fall festival. Who came to our fall festival? Seven of you. Thanks. We had a lot of CDC kids here. We have a lot. We have 200 kids down this hallway every week that are here learning about Jesus. And they all were here, and we had hmm, 17 or 18, I think, people come and decorate trunks. So if you decorated a trunk, thank you. If you were a student who was here helping run games, thank you. There's events here at church that you can serve at. We also have something called Kids 311, which is our children's ministry on Sunday mornings. It's happening right now. We could very much use help with our kids. So if you wouldn't mind giving, if you wouldn't mind giving once every six weeks, once a month, time to our kids and help them learn about Jesus, we would greatly appreciate that. Kids 311, another way you can serve here at church. Next, there's ways to serve here in town. Who's ever helped out with Tri-Lakes Cares? Awesome, it's a food pantry here in Monument, and it's an opportunity to get food to those who are in need, because there are needy people in our community, so this is a way that we can help, and we actually have a food drive that we're helping with right now. Next, how many of you guys are in a life group? Life groups are a great way to serve, because when you're in a life group, you hear about what's going on with your brothers and sisters. And that presents opportunities to serve your brothers and sisters. So I want to take a second to talk about some different life groups. Let's show this next picture. This is a house down off of Dublin. Um, It's my house. Now I'm not asking for people to serve at my house. Though it might sound that way. I cannot tell you the amazing blessing it has been since Susan and I bought this house this summer to see so many people from family of Christ serve us. When we bought this house, we recognized that we wanted to do some, some adjustments and some updates. Um, it doesn't have air conditioning, so we wanted to put in some ceiling fans. And we had a guy here from church, he and his family, who said, well, I can run electrical wire for you for that. And he came and he showed up and he put in two boxes for fans. And then he was like, you like these popcorn ceilings? I said, no. He said, you want to scrape them? No. (laughs) Um, But we talked about it and we realized, well, if we're gonna do it, it needs to happen now because we're putting in new carpet. So let's do it now. So he and his family, some other families, came and helped scrape popcorn and paint walls. And we had another friend of mine from church who was asking, hey, I just heard you bought a house. Can I help? And I said, well, I got a back door I don't know how to put on. And if you have me do it, like there's gonna be a lot more coming in that door than cold air. He said, yeah, I can help with that. And so he came over and he put in a back door. And we had a life group. Um, Has anyone ever hung um, curtain rods? Does anyone hate that as much as me? Oh my gosh. And maybe it's because I've tried to do it on my own. <laughs> it's hard to put up curtain rods. Maybe I'm just not skilled. Um, so uh, family friends of ours that go to here to church, that are part of a life group, found out that we hadn't hung curtains yet. Because for me, it was like way down the list. And they said, hey, well, we can go do that for you. So they came over and they hung curtain rods. And while they were there, they saw plenty of other jobs that weren't done yet, Um, because I'm busy here, and my wife is five months pregnant, so she's tired. And so they said, do you mind if we bring the life group over and help? And we were like, "Uh, no. I feel kind of awkward, because it's supposed to be me that should do all this. But no, like, yeah, if you have some people that want to come over. We had like five families a couple weeks ago come over. They raked all of our leaves in the back. They put on this, the back door, um, storm door. They switched, so the two top bedrooms, those are our kids' rooms. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. Um, that's where we keep the dogs. <sighs> um, we found out that we're having a little baby girl And so we realized that the girls need the larger room, so the rooms got switched. We had ceiling fans that we had had in boxes that got hung. Um, There was some storage areas in the garage that got built. Um, Stuff that would have taken me, if I was doing it, six months. Because I rake really slow. (laughs) Just kidding. Like, it would have taken me so much time. And a life group here from Family of Christ gave of themselves and cared for me and my family, and it was really meaningful. There's another life group that has started called Random Acts of Kindness here at Family of Christ. And their whole deal is they just want to serve. So they're not necessarily meeting for Bible study or this or that, the other thing. They are a life group that serves. So last month, what they did was they went to King Supers. show that next picture, they went to King Supers just across the street. And they stood out there for about three and a half hours and handed out pieces of paper and said, hey, we're partnering with Tri-Lakes Cares. You want to buy any of these snacks? Bring it back to us and we'll bring it over to Tri-Lakes Cares. Three and a half hours and they filled four shopping carts overloaded with food. Can any of us give three and a half hours? Most of the time we can. If we carve out that time, Now there's something that they did, I think just this past weekend, that is crazy cool. Have you guys um, heard of the Nextdoor app? Any of you guys on the Nextdoor app? Okay, Nextdoor app is kind of like Facebook, but for your neighborhood. So you can say, hey, I've lost my cat, it's running around. And someone says, oh, I just saw that cat on Murray Street. Um, Or it's for tons of different stuff. So this life group from Family of Christ posted and asked, hey, we're a local church, we wanna help serve in any way we can. Um, Anyone have any needs that we can help out with around the house? They had eight people respond. I wanna read some of them to you. Lady has several adopted foster children and is feeling overwhelmed by her life. She needs four adults or teens outside to rake leaves and pick up dog poo. She says her yard is rather large She also needs four adults or teens inside to clean bathrooms, dust, mop the floors, and vacuum. She has three of her kids will be at home. The ages are five, seven, and 11. They're special needs. They have attention deficit disorder. Would we, the life group, have two or three kids that could just hang out and play with them? Another lady, chronically ill, needs assistance with raking pine needles and cleaning her house. Can we get plastic sheeting if it comes in in time and nail it on her porch as a winterization project? She also needs help with food prep for meals. There's a lady who needs a path mowed in her yard to her walkout basement. We need to bring a mower and a weed eater and we need to move some boxes upstairs. There's an older couple who needs a couple of people to come clean out their gutters. They have the ladders and the bags, they just need the manpower. There's an older lady who needs her house cleaned, probably two to four people. She says she has all the cleaning materials, they just need to bring dust cloths. There's a lady who needs her yard raked and some holes filled in that her puppy dug. We need to bring rakes and bags and shovels. There's an older man who needs some housework. There's an older lady who needs some yard work. This is one neighborhood in Colorado Springs, all of the needs. So, this life group helped. You wanna know the crazy cool thing? Nine other people, not members of Family of Christ, said they wanted to help. Nine non-FOC people said, oh my gosh, that's awesome. We want in on that. And they helped. And I don't know if they're gonna help with stuff in the future, it looks like they are. That's amazing. That is what it means to be the body of Christ. That is what it means to love those around us, to carve out time, to die to self, to give of ourselves, to love those around us, whether they deserve it or not. We are the hands and feet of Jesus and we are called to wash other people's feet. So may we at Family of Christ be known as a body who does that, who doesn't just come to church on Sundays and praise Jesus and talk about, oh, we love Jesus and doesn't serve. May we be a church that is known for serving where people go, man, that church has a lot going on. They love Jesus and our community and our world is changed. Amen.